What's up, Internet friends? I'm Kevin Garaventa, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. This is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. Today, we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge from developer Tribute Games and publisher .emu. Released just last year, this is a pixelated throwback of nostalgia from those classic Turtles arcade games from the 90s. Everyone here has memories of crowding around the arcade cabinet at Chuck E. Cheese or fighting over who can be Donatello at home on Super Nintendo or Genesis. So today we are going to talk about how much this recent game is like those old ones, as well as some of our best stories of why we love those old Turtles games so much. And joining me today is a good friend of mine from the Trophy Talk podcast, Josh, a.k.a. Slugger JD. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this game. This is easily one of the most like fun, chaotic surprises I've had this year. So, yeah. And I'm so glad you picked it. I, I, I've been wanting to try this. And then as soon as it hit the list, uh, I messaged you and said that like, hey, these are the, the new games on the list for this month. And you said, let's do this one. And I was so happy. I agree. Uh, I know we got to play a couple of times and I'm sure we'll dive into that. But yeah, it's just overall a really good time. Even after beating it, I don't know, probably three or four times in a row now, like I'm still having a blast with it. (laughs) So I lost count how many times I beat it. But also here from the Trophy Talk podcast, he often goes by the tall Samoan guy, Daryl Fuimano. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's great to have you here, too. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us again. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, about how much of the game do you have you played, uh, or or like how much, how many times have you beaten it? Ooh, I've lost count as well. I think <laughs> I'm like six playthroughs already. But it just goes to, to to show how good and fun of a game it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's very fitting for us to talk about Turtles games today, since this is the first episode with four people. Returning to the show is Jordan Vickers. Great to have you back. Hey, uh, hi everybody. It's great to be back. Uh, can't wait to talk about one of my first loves as a human being, the turtles. You are the, I think you're the only one here who has like a turtle as your, your avatar on discord. And (laughs) you sent me the, the image earlier and I I was like, this is really awesome. I, I love this. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to just, uh, have like, hear your thoughts about, uh, this particular Turtles game and also your your memories of growing growing up playing those games. Oh, yeah. Um, for those who don't know what he's talking about, uh, are you going to use that image for like the YouTube video or something? I'm going to I might throw it in there uh, as like an alternate uh, for the the episode art. Yeah. Um, you know, just just to throw it on there and, and show people what it looks like, because the the image you sent me is is pretty awesome. Um, it's of Leonardo doing like a high kick. And so it, it it is hand drawn as well, right? Yeah, it's hand drawn. The artist uh, was BJ Han. Uh, I met her in Lawrence. Uh, she was like doing commissions specifically for turtles. And I was like, hey, I loved the snow level in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 on the NES. Can you do something where she where Leo fights the boss? <laughs> and she did it and it's awesome. Like you can even see the little snowmen in the background that were in the level and everything. 
it's a gorgeous piece and it's it's hung up on me wall so yeah if you guys are just listening to this uh pick some time go to the youtube video and try and look for this picture yeah i just fucking love it yeah i'll I'll try and make it like the thumbnail of the of the youtube link so um you know you can see it in in some better resolution than just like on the the podcast art so (laughs) before we start talking about shredder's revenge though uh is there anything that you want to plug or promote jordan i'll start with you i actually will be starting my own podcast soon oh awesome Um, okay yeah, after doing this, I was like, this is really similar to the format I've been wanting to do for a long time, except it's not about, well, PlayStation games are included. Uh, I think we can call it the finished game review. And what we're doing is uh, nowadays, games don't come out like complete, do they? There's always updates and DLC. And I want to review a game that is like, there will be no more updates or no DLC. This is the final product. And that's what we're going to be talking about. That's a great idea because I've noticed that like when, when a game like gets on the the PlayStation plus service, like you can download it, but it's already had, like it's been out for a year or two and it's had updates to it. So like, if you go looking for reviews, those reviews were often published like when something was released and they talk about, Oh, there are bugs here or there's like something that, that doesn't feel quite right. And then companies go and they patch these games and they patch those problems out. So then like there are parts of reviews that don't really matter that much anymore. So, so this is a great idea because then you can actually revisit something and critique it once you know that it's completely done. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to do Hades and Valkyria Chronicles for the first couple of oh, episodes. Those are both like incredibly massive undertakings too. Yeah. Um, well, Valkyria Chronicles is one of my favorite games of all time. And I'm going to be doing that with a friend of mine that um, uh, I literally bought the game with uh, way back in 2008. So oh, nice. can't wait to nice. talk about that. All right. And then, uh, Daryl, do you want to tell us about uh, Trophy Talk? Yeah. So with Slugger and another buddy of ours, uh, Colin, a.k.a. CK President, we run a podcast called Trophy Talk Podcast. And we talk about trophies on the Sony system, PlayStation Sony. And we just talk about trophies. We talk about video games and the trophy list. We do reviews of those games as well. Uh, we talk about what we've been playing. So we release a couple episodes every month. We focus on what we've been playing and trophy reviews. Uh, so that's pretty much the gist of the podcast. And if you're interested in that, you can also check out all our episodes on SoundCloud. You can check that out. We also have an episode where we had the Portland Kevin on. <laughs> he was on episode 88 with us. That was one of our what we've been playing episode. Really cool to get his thoughts on the games he's been playing. I think he played Blasphemous. That was one of the big ones we heard from him. Yeah. And Discord. You can also check out our Discord as well. We have a really small community, but everyone's really chill, very friendly. And uh, everyone's just engaging in some cool conversation. And we also have Twitter. Uh, If you're interested in checking that out as well, you can find us at Trophy Talk Pod. That um, You can also find our Discord and SoundCloud links on there as well. So, um, yeah, appreciate the love and the support, everybody. Yeah, of course. It was great to be on your guys' show and, and talk about Blasphemous. I, I felt like I kind of gave a, a miniature preview for my thoughts on on the game before I recorded, you know, our episode over here. So, um, you know, it was great to, to just talk about 
uh, other games to play as well with you guys. So I really appreciate being on the show. Slugger, uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to plug besides the the Trophy Talk podcast or any further thoughts on it? I don't think so. I mean, that's really the only thing I'm involved in that I feel like I could plug. Uh, but I will reiterate. Uh, well, so I come into that podcast and that community a little bit differently. I started as a listener and I listened to the show for probably about two ish years um, before they had a host fallout and they I was really good friends with them. It kind of shows the testament of like how tight knit our community is. Um, even though it's a little small on the discord side, like we are tight knit. We all know each other pretty well because when they had the spot open, I just game so much with them. I talked so much with them, like hours and hours and hours in party chat over those two years. They asked me if I wanted to be on the show. Of course I want to do it, but I also got like, a little bit scared because I'm like, I've never podcasted before in my life, yeah. but I really want to do this. Like, this just sounds like a blast. I've always wanted to do this. So I jumped at the chance. But yeah, I really just want to shout out the community again. Like doing the show with the guys is great, but also kind of building and fostering that community of gamers who are all kind of like striving for their own personal trophy hunting goals. It's cool to like, yeah, build that, I guess that space for people to share and engage and make friends so come check us out yeah yeah and that's that's some great piece of advice as well like you were, you said you were you know kind of scared to, to start doing it but it's something you always wanted to to start doing i'm in that same boat i was kind of scared to to start podcasting myself but eventually i just said i gotta try this out and i i was really nervous that first episode go ahead go back and listen to the observation episode and you know we were all really nervous about doing it because it was all our first time uh on that show but you know once you start doing it it is a lot of fun so if you're scared to start something at all just give it a try and if you like listening to what we are trying here please like subscribe and share this show on your preferred podcast listening platform of choice Please also share the game club with any other PlayStation players, Turtles fans, or pizza lovers out there who you think just might enjoy the show. You can also send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com to comment on our selected game of the month, to suggest a game for future episodes, or just share what your favorite pizza is. And you know who else loves pizza? If you see this game as an arcade cabinet, which character are you choosing to play as? Slugger, I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Uh, my So it's funny because I've put, I'm probably about 15 hours into the game right now. I'm still working to level everyone up and get the max uh, or get the platinum, get all the trophies. And it's probably changed about four times 
Um, wow. So there, there's a trophy in the game. Well, let me start over. When I started the game and I just did the story mode by myself, um, my favorite would have been Raphael. And yeah. then I don't really know why it's interesting because Donatello was always my favorite in the past. Um, I loved his movement in the Turtles in Time, like old school, like SNES game. I would always pick him on their arcade cabinets. But in this game, I was like, you know what? I'm going to branch out. And I went right for Raphael. I don't even I think I might have asked my daughter, like, what color turtle should I be? And she <laughs> wanted red. But I fell in love with him. He was I mean, everyone plays about the same, but I liked his moveset. He was cool. And then when I started getting deeper into the trophy hunting, uh, I was going for the whole clearing arcade mode without losing a life. And I joined a six player game and all the turtles were taken. And I was like, well, I got Splinter, April or Casey to pick from. I'm going to go with Splinter. I'll try him out. And I I fell in love with Splinter for during that time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, Splinter's like really freaking good. I love his power ups. He's got decent range like Donatello. The only problem was he was a little slow. And then uh, the third switch, I guess, that happened I flipped to April and April kind of became my favorite for the same reason. I was going and doing those arcade mode runs. Turtles were taken and April has this really cool like uppercut attack where she does three spinning kicks in the air and you kind of juggle a character up in the air and then you can slam them. That move alone, I fell in love with her and I was like, yep, she's my girl. I'm never switching off April. And then uh, I kind of I kind of settled back on Donatello. Yeah. Um, when I was doing my level ups, I was like, man, I, I know Donatello is slow, but I just really love the staff. I don't know what it is about the staff. It's just a cool weapon to see like kick dudes butts with a wooden pole when everyone else <laughs> has like swords and katanas and nunchucks. Like, I don't know. To me, there's something that the skill in, Donate- on, in Donatello seems a lot greater when you can still do the same amount of damage with just a staff. Yeah. Um, so. I had fun with all those characters I listed, but I do think overall, based off the nostalgia and kind of the fun I had with him leveling up, it did settle back on Donatello. Cool, cool. Daryl, what about you? Uh, for me, I had a couple favorite ones, and it, it kind of just boiled down to who I enjoy playing the most as. So I've had a chance to play as everybody uh, just to see what kind of the positives and negatives were. I, I really enjoy playing as Michelangelo and Donatello. So I really enjoy playing as them. I think Michelangelo just was a fun turtle to play as because he's such a goofy person while he's just <laughs> fighting ninjas and yeah. bosses. And I really like that about his personality. When you when you can do his taunt, uh, like every all the turtles have different taunts and and like ways to like gain super energy. And Michelangelo's is my favorite. Uh, at least his taunt is because he he kind of like does this like dopey dance. And and that's one reason I really liked that character. I was going to say that as well. <laughs> I, I just love the shuffling. It just makes me laugh. And yeah. <laughs> it's just a goofball. So <laughs> he's really cool, man. I And just I, I just love the, the nunchucks, man. You just can't go wrong with beating up guys with nunchucks. Just an awesome weapon. And uh, Donatello, man, like just like Slugger, I just really enjoy playing him. And just his his weapon just seems so simple. But it was just effective in so many ways. Like, I just love the AOE attack. He just got everything on screen. It's just yeah. crazy. His particular, like, AOE attack 
it seems to like suck guys in too, like a tornado. Yep, it does. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. noticed that for a few of the characters. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I agree with you. Like he does feel a lot slower than the other characters, but his reach with the the Kendu stick is is fantastic. Jordan, uh, your favorite character. Who are you gonna play as if you walk up to a cabinet? Leo. Leo. Oh, nice. I know it's the boring answer, but <laughs> uh, man, it's hard to beat swords. And secondly, he is literally the most average character, but probably in a good way because uh, since all his stats are like literally right down the middle, yeah, uh, probably the best one to kind of start off with to get a good feel of what to expect in the game if you're just starting out. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. He's a great starting character, and and. For anyone that that hasn't seen it, like when you select a character, you get to see their stats and all their stats are rated from one to three stars and Leo's are all two stars. And so he's going to feel just perfectly fine in whatever you're trying to do with him. Yeah, and the stats, uh, for those who don't know, are power, range and speed, which are all very uh, self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, For myself... Yeah, I I also started with Leo and then switched over to Raphael just to try a couple of characters out. But really settling on my favorite, it would have to be April O'Neil. And really it is that that amount of speed that she can she can use to to hit guys. Like I don't think I ever really got hit trying to hit somebody that was about to hit me because I would always just connect with that punch uh f- first and the only time i would get april hit was when uh, was when i wasn't paying attention to another guy that was coming for me but uh also like like slugger you said her uppercut is fantastic where like all the other players will just give one hit as they uppercut a, a character into the air but april will hit three times cuz she'll give them like three different kicks and it's it it gets you more hits uh, like on screen, even though she's not as powerful, she's just, she does hit a lot faster and more often. So I loved playing as her. She is very fast. She felt much noticeably faster with her, like, I guess, combo speeds. Yeah. Like yeah. her punching attacks just like fly through enemies. Yeah. And then it also helps that she is dressed in, in bright yellow. So it's really easy to pick her, pick her out of a crowd. Um, you know, uh, Slugger, you and I were talking about this when we were online one night, but you know, we're going to get into this more as like, this is what the structure of the game is, but there are tons of characters on screen. And if you're playing as a turtle, it's really hard to just keep track of your character, especially when somebody else is playing with you and they're also another turtle, you know, the, the difference in color does not help when, you know, all you can track are like the color of the bandanas on the turtle. And it's really easy to just mix up who you should think you're fighting as. And instead, like your character's over in the corner, punching at nothing. That happened to me a lot. How about you? Yeah, I mean, that's why I think that's one of the reasons I like those side characters is because if you go into the co-op mode online, like you were saying, it is just pure chaos. There's not only is there, you know, the average five to 15 enemies on screen, but then on top of that, you know, have six players and they're launching super attacks and there's people jumping in the air and there's punches flying everywhere. Yeah. So easy to like lose yourself in the shuffle. So the side characters actually can like come in clutch with just keeping your awareness on your or your focus on your character and not 
on a different turtle because you zoned out for a second (laughs) (laughs) or just happened to like trade places in the fray. Like that can so easily happen. And, and I remember that happening as well in the old arcade games. So like this is, is definitely a throwback to those old beat em up arcade games. And uh, like, is that a good structure for, for like a, a, just like a, a fun party game. And I feel like it is what, like, what do you think, Daryl? Like, is this, um, you know, very, very well made in, in the vein of those old games. I would say so. Like, it's been decades since I played a beat em up. Like, I can't really remember playing a beat em up on any of the like older consoles I played. Maybe like a uh, Castle Crasher or something like that. Oh, yeah. But like, it's been a long time since I played. So, like, jumping back into this, I was just having memories of these games being really challenging, chaos everywhere. But to be honest, I had so much fun playing this. It was so refreshing because, you know, I just don't play these games often. So it was really fun to get into this and play it. And I had fun with it. So I really didn't mind, like, having all these characters on screen at once. It did get a bit cluttered and hard to track, like, my guy. Yeah. But, you know, once kind of, like, the dust settled and you were able to kind of keep track of your character it it really didn't bug me that much i, I will say it it does kind of like get pretty crazy once the enemies are like the same color as the turtles like you get some <laughs> green enemies with yeah. the lances and that's where i was like beginning to lose track of my character often but i i really don't mind this style of beat-em-ups I, I think it was really fun i think that's probably the most i would take out of it it's just the the fun part of it is what i like the most yeah, yeah. I also love that uh yeah, from from like past Turtles games, you could have up to four characters playing all at once. But in this one, you can have six. And that's six players all playing on the same screen at once, and that that was just pure chaos. I felt like uh Slugger, I, I know you you mentioned you did this a couple of times too, but having six people on screen at once uh, you know, at this at this point, the screen is so crowded with enemies and other players that you just start mashing buttons, thinking like, "Okay, well, I'm somewhere in the fray. I'm hitting somebody. I know it." And then you just try to find your character once the the screen clears out a little bit. Even then, even though like you can't really tell what's going on, it's still fun to just play around and try it, try and beat up some ninjas. Jordan, as our resident like longtime turtle expert, what do you think about this game? Is it pretty faithful to the old games? It is extremely faithful to the old games while being mostly modern in a sense, but there is a caveat to that. Uh, as someone who actually does enjoy brawlers, it is way on the easier side. So if you're like been playing River City Girls or, or uh, Streets of Rage for the more modern brawlers, uh, those brawlers are way more combo focused, and mm-hmm. you can combo in this game, but you can't block. You can only dodge uh, out of the way, and uh, it's way easier than those games. And the reason for that is kind of obvious. Like while the uh, best of the best turtle games were brawlers. A lot of people who are seeing this game, they're like, oh, man, Turtles. 
I would love to play that again. This looks awesome. They haven't played a brawler in so long. Yeah. It has to be easier. Yeah. So if you wanted that brawler challenge, it's not there. It's still fun. You still should give it a try. But if you were like, I play Streets of Rage 4 for like racking up those combos and trying to get like 64 hits uh, before I can even stop. That's not what this level of game is. Yeah. Yeah. And those old games, it definitely uh, felt like like here. Bit of backstory. I also this uh, in the past two weeks, I got the Cowabunga Collection, uh, which is the like all of the past Turtles games on one disc uh, or in, in one package. And you can play all of them. And I revisited all of them just to play through them and, and see how they felt compared to Shredder's Avenge. And most of them feel like they are there just to take your quarters and that's it. You know, they feel so, <laughs> they feel so cheap and unfair sometimes because it's kind of like, how was I going to dodge that? Come on. And really like they're, they were there in the arcades just for the spectacle of showing you something huge on screen or a ton of characters on screen that, you know, everyone had to fight together. So this one definitely feels a lot easier but at the same time, it doesn't feel unfair because like you kind of have to figure out a way to anticipate certain things like like traps showing up or, uh, you know, have, have like a really hard fight. Like later in the game, there are those rock monsters that show up and you have to figure out how to fight them and dodge them because they don't go down in just two or three hits. They they keep they get up and they keep fighting. So the same goes with the bosses like. You know, if you can figure it out, you can beat the bosses without taking any damage, but you really have to know their patterns. And uh, that's that's where this game comes in of like actually playing it over and over again and learning the the moveset. Yeah, there is one thing about the game that is very unfair, and that's the challenges. Oh, Some yeah. of these challenges are really easy. It's like... <laughs> uh, yeah, don't get hit by obstacles or anything like that. But then there's like ones that are like, don't get hit, period, throughout the entire stage. And that yeah. seems almost impossible. And yeah. I didn't even go for those. And I think our trophy guys probably have a bit more <laughs> on the subject of that. <laughs> yeah. So, Slugger, you mentioned that at first you were going for the challenges when we were talking uh, one evening when we were playing. Like, how how long before you kind of gave up on the challenges? Uh, the second you told me they weren't required for the platinum, <laughs> gave up on them. <laughs> I, so I guess I didn't do a good trophy list scrub like I normally do. So I made it probably, I guess it was probably around stage five or six. I wasn't really going for them. Like I were if they were achievable and the ones where it's like, oh, clear this level without hitting it or getting hit. It's like, okay, I'll come back for this when I'm doing like yeah. cleaning up for the platinum. And after I've like got some skill. And then you told me like, well, let me backpedal. I was terrified as hell seeing those challenges because I'm like, some of these are impossible. Like, yeah, Jason was saying, like, how am I supposed to do this? And um, and I just kept telling myself, like, it's got to be doable. The platinum rarity is like 28 percent, whatever it is. I, sorry, I think that's too high. It's like 11 or 12 percent, I think. Um, and I was like, surely there's not that many amazing people and i just suck like there's gotta be some <laughs> trick to this and then you came and you told me you're like oh yeah it's, you don't have to do that it's just the collectibles you don't have yeah. to do the challenges and i'm like thank the lord 
I'm still trying to go through them though. Like when I level my characters up. Yeah. Because I noticed you get like bonus experience points on your character when you complete them. So I'm gunning for them. But if I don't finish them, especially like the don't get hit ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not too, I'm not too chafed about it. In terms of like looking at it uh, as as a throwback, uh, there were a couple of people that wrote to me and said that like you know I love this game too for for it being a throwback. And uh, one guy said I just played this game a few weeks ago. It was excellent. Totally reminded me of Turtles in Time. Uh, that was Matt Boji. He he loved it for for how it felt like uh, like the old games. Uh, and then Kevin Broderick wrote in and said, uh, just completed the full story mode with my three-year-old son. It was our first game we've completed together and it was a ton of fun. I'd love to know from you guys in terms of nostalgia, like how does this like bring up memories of the old turtles games? Does this immediately just make like take you back to those days in, in Chuck E. Cheese or the arcades or at home? Yeah. All the time, man. Every time I played, I just was thinking of like six or seven year old me (laughs) going to the arcade, playing this game. And, uh, you know, I think the cool thing about it is like anybody would would like come up and play. Like it didn't have to be somebody new. It would just be someone like, oh, that guy's playing Turtles. Um, Let me join in with him. Yeah. It was pretty cool interaction. Like I think this game just it needs to be played with people and i think when i was playing this game i did a few runs solo but i was just feeling for like more people to be in in on this fun with me so i played a lot of online and i would just join random games and it was a lot of fun that's yeah. what kind of like made this game so much fun for me it's just being able to play this with so many people and you know there are so many games I could find It's like compared to other games, like it's always hard to find people to play with, but a lot of people are enjoying this game. So this is the one thing I, I really enjoyed about this game, just being able to find people to play this game with. And it's fun, man. It's fun playing it with so many people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was able to finish this, like finish all the levels at one time or another uh, on my own, but it feels like they are all meant to pl- be played with at least one other person. And it's best when you have that person sitting next to you on the couch. Uh, my, my wife, Carrie had asked me like, first of all, when she first saw it, she goes, how old is this? Is this a new game? Because it's all rendered in beautiful pixel art, but it looks like it could have been on super Nintendo or Genesis, but it just like looks great today. Uh, and, and so like, 
you I had to clarify with her like, no, this came out last year. It's just made to look like the old Turtles games and bring back that nostalgia. And then the next question was like, well, can I play? Do you want me to play with you? And I said, sure, absolutely. <laughs> like, please play with me. And so like we had a ton of fun. We played through like three stages and uh, her thumbs got tired. But, you know, it was it was great to to have someone on the couch to play with you. And that's how I think this is really meant to be played. More to that <laughs> point, like. We're really not just saying that, like, it's in the style of the old games. Like, this is in the style of the 87 cartoon. And they brought back, like, most of the original voice actors doing those roles again. Oh, that's Uh, cool. Yeah. And that's probably the most unique Mm. thing about this is, like, you guys are bringing back, like, the first generation besides the comics of Turtles. Like, wow, that blew everybody's mind when they first saw the trailer and everything. Yeah. And what's what's even better about this is that they did voice work for all of the the individual turtles. So then uh like like in the old turtles games, it, it what would happen is like if something happened on screen like you you lost a life for your turtle, they'd say, "Oh, shell shock." But it was always the same audio clip and all the turtles had the same voice. But in this game, they got different voices for each turtle and the other characters as well. So they'll all have their own things to say in their own voice. And it's it's so much better than those older games. One other thing that I I know we have to talk about is the music, uh, the the music, and uh, I, I think Daryl, you you'd like pointed out something uh, early on uh, when we were playing one night about the the music during the the first fight against Shredder, but it is it's it's great, and they they got some some artists to make music for this game uh, for very specific levels, so. I should ask you first, uh, you know, do you have any favorite music tracks from the game? Um, I think what I really enjoy most about this game, uh, besides it being so much fun, is is the soundtrack. So the soundtrack was really cool. I, I, I loved how every level kind of had its own style of music. And the song that I really liked the most was the, the where, you, where you fight Shredder for the first time. Yeah. It kind of had it kind of tricked me because I was thinking it was going to be something similar to what we heard earlier in the earlier stages, but it like flips the script and it becomes hip hop all of a sudden. Yeah, and it was so cool because it's like you're fighting Shredder, and then he has like all these moves, he's throwing everything at you, and then you just hear like 
Wu-Tang Clan in the bag. <laughs> the song was performed by Raekwon and Ghostface Killers. So yeah. it was so yeah. cool. It's just like, what? Like, this is like, I didn't even hear any of this earlier in this in the the game. So it's kind of just adding to that whole modern style of the game. Yeah. And but it, that it, song was really cool. It just totally ups the hype levels for, for like this, what could be the final fight of the game. But it, it just feels so epic to to have that track going on in the background. Uh, it's called We Ain't Came to Lose. And especially when it hits that chorus and you, you start hearing We Ain't Came to Lose over and over again, that really gets me going during the fight. I loved it too. Slugger, what about you? Uh, favorite music tracks? I do want to say, I think what made that specific song, because that's what I probably would have said, but I think what made that specific song so impactful was because everything up to that point, and I think you guys hit on this, was like, replicating that old like chips chiptune style like soundtrack yeah and then to like bring in the modern music during like a shredder fight it's like oh shit stuff's like it's about to go down (laughs) (laughs) and it just like hypes you up but man i don't know if i could pick just one i guess if i had to it would probably be the first like hoverboard level i'm trying to yeah the the song in particular is uh, Mutants Over Broadway. And that one's yep. by T. Lopez and Anton Carraza. And uh, that one I loved too, because uh, that one has a little bit of the hip hop lyrics in it, um, but it's also just really catchy and fast paced. Yeah, it had a really good blend of like the old school and like current genre style or current style of music. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to see. It, man, it's so hard to pick one. I thought every song was so good. Like you could probably pluck any song out of this game and throw it into the old school, like turtles and time arcade cabinet. And it would like fit perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Mutants over Broadway was good. I do want to shout out the mall meltdown song <laughs> because <laughs> that was my favorite level. And it's not, it's not a fast paced, crazy song, but it reminds me of like, I don't know. It's like the nineties. Yeah, it's like it's an 80s, 90s feel like malls aren't really a thing anymore, but it like I love the mall vibe and it almost sounds like really hyped remixed elevator music or like <laughs> yeah. mall music that you would hear playing in the background. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a cool level with a cool song that kind of backs up the theme of the level. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to shout that one out, too. Yeah. Um, and, and then Jordan, like, uh, what about you? So I was also going to shout out the mall level because yeah. there's a vibe with that music that kind of takes you back. <laughs> and um, and uh, you were talking about T. Lopez. He also uh, does the music for Sonic Mania. And if you listen to the tracks, it shows because they are yeah. both really good, but very similar. <laughs> and uh, he uses a lot of the same techniques. But I have to also shout out to the Krang fight near the end oh it yeah. is so good it, yeah yeah it's basically a remix of the crane fight in the arcade game yeah yeah with a sick guitar over <laughs> everything as well that one's so good i i loved that one and then um you know the the fight itself is is really hard too uh especially like if you're on your own and so like um like the music just adds to the tension yeah I actually listened to the entire soundtrack yesterday while I was doing my Uber and uh, 
like just listening to them alone. Uh, the tracks are actually way shorter than I thought they would be, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're really solid and really good. And uh, also listening to the lyrics of the few songs with lyrics. Yeah. Like you were talking about the Mutant Mayhem one. The the puns in there are just <laughs> They're glorious. so good. They're so good. <laughs> Especially like uh, Panic in the Sky is another track that I, I loved. And it seems like they, they put in specific music with lyrics for the, the hoverboard levels. But like that one as yeah. well had great writing to it and such good puns. But yeah, uh, I think the the only one that we haven't mentioned is the Technodrome levels music. Uh, that one, Technodrome remix. Uh, I, I just love the the bass pounding in it, and then how there's like this sort of auto tuned voice just repeating the word Technodrome over uh, every every now and then. It's yeah. it sounds really cool. A- anything else to to say about the music? Like uh, uh, Daryl, a- anything to add? Yeah, so Slugger and Jordan mentioned the Mall Meltdown, which was also a favorite of mine as well. Because the first time I played it, the melody really had me thinking, this sounds similar to another song. Maybe not in the exact same tune, but it sounds so much like Into the Green by Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to blurt that out. (laughs) Sounds so much like like what, (laughs) Daryl? into the groove by madonna oh okay okay oh yeah okay okay yeah it I just kept hearing that in my head yeah and like the like the aesthetic of that level as well is just loaded with pink all over the place and so yeah like like that really fits fits the the feeling of that um so so i i loved it so much Another thing that I really want to touch on is just the humor that is peppered throughout this this game. And you every now and then spot one of the foot soldiers doing something before you've you've approached him and he starts <laughs> to attack you. Uh what what are some of your favorite like just weird activities you stumble upon them doing? Um I, I got a shout out one in particular, and it's in the first level when you're you're just starting the game. And here's your introduction to their sense of humor. When you go into this office building where the, the news, the news channel is uh, being broadcasted and there's a bunch of desks and all these foot soldiers are sitting there at the desks, typing away at the computers, acting like they're working and just trying to look very, you know, very inconspicuous, but they are dressed in full ninja gear. 
and they're they're just behaving like they're working in office. And there's four of them. And uh, before they jump out and attack you, you might notice that one of them that's sitting there typing away does not have a computer or a keyboard in front of him. He's just typing away on the desk, just trying to, you know, blend in. That that made me laugh so hard. It made Carrie laugh really hard. She was there watching. <laughs> and that that's one that I, I don't think I have not laughed at just a little bit every time I saw it. I have to so shout many. out to uh, them stealing the Tyrus Turtles at the beginning of the second <laughs> level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they, they've like taken the wheels off the van uh, as you come out yeah. of the building. And you're just like, oh, well, now I know why we can't chase after them. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the funny thing is they took for like their enemy. They took such love and care to make sure like they put a concrete block. <laughs> yeah. Tire. And <laughs> like, it's OK. We, we didn't damage the, the frame. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slugger, what about you? Any any good standout actions? Uh, I would say my absolute favorite one was the Coney Island ones where Oh, uh, yes. they're running the the carnival games <laughs> and you see a ninja wearing the little like Coney Island, like straw hat with yeah. the ribbon on it. And he's sitting there with the cane, like pumping his cane in the air. Like, come on, like, down, come on step right up. Try the game. Step right up. Yes, you can step win, too. Right up. It's like, oh, wait, no, I'm going to hit you with this. <laughs> Five dollars for a throw. Yeah. Like, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, every level has such good ones. Uh, that's probably my favorite in that second level as well there was at one point where trash bags were like moving in the background and i'm yeah. like oh there's collectibles in there <laughs> nope it was ninja stuck in trash bags <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't want to steal all the oh, answers okay. so i'll no, pass no, no. it to daryl but daryl go a ahead more. um I, I think i liked like the the regular job ninjas like i think at the mall there was a few who were working behind the counter at the yeah, cashier. yeah that's what i was gonna say register yeah. cashier like yeah those were pretty good one of them's like you know ready to sell pizza another one's selling sushi yeah i mean i i didn't want to bug them you know they're trying to work hard <laughs> for their money but then all of a sudden they, they just come out and start attacking me and i'm like all right all right it's fair game now i i did like the one with the guys with the uh food tray in the mall oh yeah they they're <laughs> those, like those are good too they just got their their lunch and they're walking through the mall like in the food court and and suddenly they they drop it and just go for you yeah <laughs> uh slugger you had a few more you want to shout out yeah it, it was really the mall ones oh, okay. all the mall ones yeah. i thought were good i mean you see them working the stalls you see them sitting down eating their lunch they're walking around with their lunch there are a few like, that that's are, just a really good level. That's like, probably my overall favorite level. Yeah, th- there are a few that are playing the arcade games. Um, yeah, and, and then like uh, going back to the the news uh, the news station. Um, like as you're going through, you're going through all the different TV shows that this news station produces. And there's a cooking show, and there are ninjas, you know, working oh, away yeah. behind the counter that are <laughs> yeah. are like whipping up some cake. And, and like they start to hit you with the the mixing spoon and the like while they're carrying the bowl, um, like what else? They're, they're like there's a a yoga show or like a workout show, and there are ninjas doing <laughs> sit ups as you approach them. I, I thought that was really funny. And as I was playing that as well, like Carrie said to me, "Where are you? What what is going on?" Is <laughs> just really funny how they they inject this sense of humor into everything. Hmm. A really good call out, and this is a slight spoiler, but this is really at the end of the game. Uh, when Crane takes over the Statue of Liberty, 
and they put a distorted version of the Star Spangled Banner at the uh, yes. first few seconds of the <laughs> yes. track. Oh, that's so funny. It's, it's so sinister. Like, it sounds evil, and, and I loved it. By the way, there's not much to spoil in this game. And no. I'll, t- I'll tell you about uh, like non-spoiler moments uh, later when we talk about our history with the Turtles games. But like like this this game, there's not much really to spoil because it's meant to just like be played through in a couple hours and to have fun with your friends and laugh at. Uh, you know, like don't worry about spoiling anything. Yeah, the the end of the game, the Statue of Liberty gets turned into a giant robot that you have to fight. So like <laughs> ha- have fun, be silly and enjoy the ride. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah. Don't worry about spoiling anything. But talking about these these stages, I, I don't know, but we've kind of touched on it. But what are some of your just favorite stages? Uh, Slugger, you mentioned the that mall meltdown is one of your favorites. Uh, yeah. You know, can, can you go in a little bit more detail about that? Uh, it. I think it's just the nostalgic feeling for malls in general, because malls were still like really a big part of like, I don't know, communities when I was growing up. I know they're still out there, but I've like taken my kids to the mall now and like they're mostly empty and desolate. And like you can just tell like just about every store in there is it seems like they're on the verge of closing down like any day. Oh, no. Um, For the ones that are still open, at least near me. But yeah, I think a lot of it's just the nostalgia because like as a middle schooler and high schooler, like that was a place where you went to hang out with your friends. You'd go there to play video games and your parents would hand you 20 bucks, which would, you know, get you a snack from uh, like Auntie Anne's. And then, you know, you'd have 15 bucks left over of to go play this, go yeah. play Turtles in Time, like go to the arcade <laughs> or you'd go there to talk to girls like it. Or you'd wander the stores and cause havoc. So I think for me, the mall being my favorite just kind of came from all the nostalgia because I spent so much time like in the malls growing up. Like that was my our hangout place outside of like our local neighborhood and outside of our home. You know, if we were we weren't out in the streets riding bikes or we weren't at our house, we were normally like at the malls doing something. Yeah. Jordan, how about you? Uh, A favorite level from the game? Um, I think my two favorite are the zoo and the uh level right before the technodrome where you're in the jungle. As much as the zoo can be annoying, it's also really fun jumping over the animals that got loose. And uh I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the two bosses in that level. Oh yeah. Like are are a uh, love letter of oh there's more than just bebop and rock steady here oh yeah fanfare yeah it is uh well we can talk about it right now it's uh dirt pile and ground chuck right yeah 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 and so like dirt pile is a a giant gopher who will he he's got like a hard hat and a shovel and he's he he like digs into the ground and then will try and burrow underneath you and create a hole where you are to, to make you fall into it. And then ground Chuck is a, he's a bull. Is that right? I am trying to remember this and he will, he'll like charge at you back and forth uh, across the screen. Um, Yeah. They even gave him a Southern accent. It's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, that, that's a great pick for, for a stage and for bosses. Um, because like what's, what's also hilarious is that because you're fighting both dirt pile and ground check at the same time, they're both yeah. on screen, they're fighting you and you can make them accidentally hit each other. And, and like, like they take damage from each other. And, and that's really funny to just like, like make you start thinking about fighting them differently. Uh, Daryl, do you have a favorite stage that hasn't been mentioned yet? Uh, I think I like the mutants over Broadway. Oh yeah. The most because that's like one of the few levels where you're actually like on the hoverboard and everything's moving so fast. Yeah. Like I really like that fast paced action. And there's just like so many enemies coming on screen. You got the guys in the, uh, the hovercrafts and then you guys got the, the vehicles coming, dropping enemies down and the little insect robot bugs. And then the thing that really was funny about that level was just the, the cars that would just come at you at full speed and run you over. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a section where at the bottom of the screen, you have one car, you get the alert for the car coming. It would come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then you get like two more cars that follow right behind that. I'm like, what the heck? I so I fall for it every time. <laughs> yeah. It gets you in, in this rhythm too, because like there's an alert at the bottom. And so you have to move to the top. Then there's an alert at the top. So you move down out of that lane and then there's an alert at the bottom again. So you think you're zigzagging back and forth, but that, that second time that an alert is in the bottom lane, you move up and think like, okay, well I got to move down again. And that second car that comes through hits you. And then the third one goes over you just for good measure. It's like, it's just an insult to injury. It's like every time I, I fell for it too. Like it took me like five different tries of that stage before I finally was like, okay, no, 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 I'm not moving down. I'm staying here. The hardest part about that stage, I think is the aerial combat because it's really hard to just line your character up right with anything that's flying. And, and I had a hard time figuring that out, but eventually I like, I got used to that, but like, that's another kind of skill wall that you have to get around yeah uh i remember uh dodging some things yeah. can be really weird because the perspective of the constant moving background you're not on ground it, it you're used to shadows and yeah yeah it's just hard uh daryl like what uh what'd you think of the boss of that that level too because like you have to fight bebop and rocksteady in this uh giant <laughs> monster truck that you're chasing it's called the turtle tenderizer Oh, that that fight was pretty challenging at times. Yeah. It just felt like it was hard to get close enough to do damage because I felt like even if you're like a sliver, like a sliver of your body was touching the the, the truck, it'd be like an auto, automatic hit from yeah. the mm -hmm. the boss. It was really yeah. hard uh, for me. I just up uh, supers just to get around that. But I just like how he would just like you know each will kind of like pop their head out of their window uh, out of the window they would do their attack yeah um yeah like rocksteady who would like shoot the lasers at you then you had bebop who kind of like swing the ball and chain so that was pretty cool yeah and then just to have that vehicle just move around the screen was pretty cool at times as well it's really hard to dodge too because it takes up like a quarter of the entire screen every once in a while they throw a grenade at you and i didn't realize this was possible oh. until like a couple of like times I'd played it, but you can actually bounce that grenade be, like off of I one of your weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I got it to happen once, just once. And I, I was like, what? Like, I can't believe I did that. 
It happened to me one time, and then I was like, oh, that's how they want you to fight this fight. Because if you get near the truck, like Daryl was saying, like you take damage. And um, because I saw it bounce at one point too. And then I tried to replicate it and I couldn't do it. I kept swinging at the grenades and I just kept blowing up. So there's got to be some like really specific timing there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now that I'm remembering this fight and getting hit by the truck this was the first level where i was terrified about the challenges <laughs> and going for the platinum <laughs> because there's a challenge in this level for clearing the whole stage without getting hit and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna do this boss fight without getting touched yeah. like i go too many button prompts into my combo my character moves forward a little bit more and just by touching the boss or touching the truck like you take damage and get knocked back and i could not figure out for the life of me still can't the amount of times i've like replayed this level can't figure out like the right distance to strike without getting hit it annoys me and i think it's probably easily one of the more challenging bosses or i guess you're not challenging but kind of unfair in that aspect of you can't even like touch the boss or you're taking damage yeah yeah Yeah. it's really hard and like after a while i was just kind of like you know what i'm i'm using the super on this thing no matter what and and thankfully your supers are so powerful that they end up just taking out a like half of a boss's health bar so it's it's pretty handy for myself favorite stage i i got to say it is the the first technodrome level um uh, again i already mentioned i love the music um and then that that was the first level that i found a really hard challenge uh to to try and beat on my own I I had played most of the stages by myself the fir- for the first time and this one I like got through the first half of it and it is the first stage that has a mid boss to it where you fight general trag he is uh he's one of the rock soldiers that um you have to fight while you're riding on this elevator and uh and and then I I figured out how to beat him um, but I only had like one life left and then I got to the, <laughs> the next part of the stage and got beaten down and had to start the game, start the stage over again. Uh, so then I only actually finished it for the first time when you slugger and I were, we were playing one night together and, and that's how I did it. But I, Daryl, were you playing with us that night as well? I think C- cause then like we finished the whole game that night. Um, I think we, I think we did beat it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he jumped in. You and me played a level with the two of us, and he a level or two with just yeah. you and me. And then Daryl jumped in for the last like maybe four or five levels. Yeah, but like eventually, I did figure out how to actually fight General Trag by myself. You know, it, it is more fun when you have more people because he's got this uh like sheet of metal or concrete whatever that he uses as a, as a shield, and you're supposed to have someone distract him while you have someone else hit him from behind. But instead I I figured out if you're playing alone, what you can do is like get him to, to swing at you and then dodge behind him and hit him a couple of times from behind and he drops his shield. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. but you know, the first time he's a real challenge and that's why I love the stage because it, you kind of had to figure this kind of thing out a little bit like dark souls where you, you really have to think a bit more strategically about, how you're fighting characters rather than just punching them left and right. But that night when we were playing together, we did get to the boss of the stage in the Technodrome. And that's where you fight Chrome Dome. And he's just this mechanical version of the Shredder. And 
what he does is he he flies up into the screen and you start to see the game from his perspective. And as soon as that happened, I immediately had a flashback to the the SNES game and I figured out like, oh, you got to throw a ninja at him. And I love how the game used nostalgia to telegraph exactly what you're supposed to do to to beat this boss. And and I loved the just the the way it made me think about Turtles in Time again. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a very famous move that they brought back from Turtles in Time for those who don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, you can throw uh, a Foot Clan into the screen and it's always super funny. Yeah, but you have to beat a boss that way. And it's yeah, really cool. And and it's like it gives you this uh like th- this way to do a move that you might not have even done before, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. You just kind of have to like know that you can do this by getting close to an enemy and being able, and like your character just automatically grabs them. And then you have to hit down and strike and, and they will like throw the the ninja at the screen. So it's like down and square. And then like uh Chrome dumb flies back into the arena and that's when you can start really wailing on him. But, um, but like that, that was like immediately, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's it, do this. And, uh, Daryl, I, I know that like you'd finished the game before us and you're, I'm sure you were sitting there thinking like, Oh, I know, I know, dude, I know. And it's like, no, I was just so <laughs> excited. I was so excited that I knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> so yeah, when the, when I joined that that session with you guys that one night, um, we got to that specific boss fight. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a cool fight, guys!" <laughs> and then I, I really didn't want to say anything yeah. because I I just wanted to keep it a surprise. But you know, I I kind of just like lay back and was just like fighting guys or or reviving guys if they went down. Yeah. And when you guys finally figured it out, I was like. It's so cool. <laughs> Such a cool way to defeat the boss. No, it's just like how you fight the Shredder in, in Turtles in Time, uh, but not in the arcade. You don't get to do that in the arcade. It's only on Super Nintendo. We, we've gushed about this game enough, but we, we did talk about uh, a little bit about how this takes us back to those old games. Uh, I, I do want to hear from you guys, and I, I know I should start with Jordan. What are some of your your favorite memories of playing Turtles games? Jordan? Oh, man, I, I was playing games before I had the ability to read and uh, like beating the OG Super Mario Bros and everything. That was fun. As much as I love Turtles, the uh, arcade port, I couldn't get past Rocksteady uh, for the longest time. Not until I was like, went back to it uh, later on. The only way I could beat it is if I had someone with me. Yeah. (laughs) But then like uh, Turtles uh, in Time came out and just blew everybody's minds. Mm -hmm. Um, I would highly recommend the uh the collection that i have it to the uh what's it called again 
Oh, the um, Cowabunga collection. Cowabunga. Yeah. The Cowabunga yeah. collection. Yeah. yeah, there's more than just like the games in there. There is cool artwork and promos and yeah. things that you won't believe. And uh, if you really want to get back into those, uh, get that collection for sure. Yeah, it, it's fantastic, especially because you can see the the advances they've made in terms of like how they they've tried to uh make this particular game more accessible compared to those older games where like the those older older games really will beat you down because they're designed especially the arcade ones they're designed to make to it to, to, to just make you keep putting a quarter in and and so like you'll have like two lives and that's it and then you have to put in another quarter but yeah. with this one in particular like they, they they make it so like you know, it'll push back on you if you're having a hard time, but the more you play and you don't have to beat a stage to, to make your character better, but the more you play, the better they will get and the easier the game gets. Yes. And, and just like those, that old one, like when you had a person with you, you could beat Rocksteady, and it feels like that way here. Like, you know, this game is really meant to be played with more than one person. Slugger, a- any favorite memories of playing Turtles games? I got two. Um, one is very specific. The other one's more broad, just nostalgia. But there was a DOS game. If you don't know what <laughs> DOS is, uh, it was uh, like an operating system that you would have on your computer before Windows. I guess it was like pretty much how you ran your computer before Windows. I didn't have a computer at home. I only had like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And we'd go to my grandpa's house and he had a computer. And it's funny, my grandpa really got me hooked on games. Well, kind of. It started with Mario, but my grandpa got me into like the computer stuff. So I was playing. I'm like seven or eight years old playing like Doom, Duke Nukem, Shadow (laughs) Warrior, like really bad stuff, actually. But um, he had this Ninja Turtles game. I had to look it up because I had no idea what it was called. I just searched like Ninja Turtles DOS game. And this is specifically what it was. Ninja Turtles Manhattan Missions. I looked to see if it's in the Cowabunga collection. I think like the console version of that game was in the Cowabunga collection, not like the original huh. uh, DOS version because there's Manhattan Missions and then there's the Manhattan Project. The funny thing about this is <laughs> I wasn't good at the keyboard and my, my grandpa had... This is going to sound so stupid. I cringe thinking about it. He had like a like a joystick, like a flight stick that you would play like Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wow. With. And I have memories of playing this Ninja Turtles Manhattan Missions, which is like a side scrolling platformer game with a flight stick. And I would like, you know, push the flight stick to the <laughs> right to make the character move right and like push it up to make him jump. And then there was buttons on the flight stick and I would hit those buttons to like attack. And it was hard as hell. I was making it so <laughs> hard on myself by not just learning, like figuring out the keyboard. But I remember that game being so hard. And I'm like, is this just because it was an old school game or is it because I was a dummy kid that was trying to play a platformer with a flight stick? I could, you know, nowadays I could like go viral on Twitch for that. People yeah, doing Dark yeah. Souls with like Guitar Hero controllers and stuff like that. But yeah, so that was probably my earliest like Ninja Turtle memory outside of just doing the arcade cabinets. Um, and that's kind of where the second like broad memory comes in is going to Chuck E. Cheese, going to the arcades in the mall, 
you know, jumping on with either my brothers, I have three younger brothers and an older sister. So it was always perfect with me and my younger brothers where the four of us could jump on and pretty much run one of those cabinets ourselves. I didn't have to like play solo or worry about finding random kids to play with. Yeah. So I'd either play with them or I would like jump in with random kids at Chuck E. Cheese or wherever. And then we eventually got uh, Turtles in Time on the SNES. And I thought it was so cool. It's like, man, this is just like the arcade. But now I have it at home. And me and my younger, same thing. Me and my younger brothers took up four controllers. And the four of us would just play and go nuts and have fun. So I have really, really good memories of this game. This is one of the few games at the time where like all four of us could play together. And it was just a really great co-op game bonding experience. So I loved like being able to revisit it with shredders revenge and kind of get that nostalgia back i did play mostly solo and a bunch of online with you guys for specific things but i don't think there's anything like that in-person co-op no Uh, no there's nothing like that experience like online's cool but it really does like this game deserves to be played like couch co-op with a bunch of buddies or your kids or your wife or whoever you want to play with like yeah um yeah those are kind of my memories like just the arcades and then that joystick memory. Nice. Nice. Daryl, what about you? Any good turtles memories? Uh, I gotta say, I think my favorite memory of turtle games is just whenever you go to an arcade, uh, when, when you were growing up, I felt like the teenage mutant Ninja turtles was always a staple at the arcade. It was like almost at every arcade you went to. And, I think that was probably the coolest thing about it because that was like the only game probably out of the whole arcade I gravitated to. Yeah. It's because it was such a cool thing. I think before Power Rangers came along, that was probably like what most kids were liking back in the day. And then like, it was just so cool. Like, you know, you get to play as turtles who were ninjas and it was fun. (laughs) And the cool thing about it, which really like I brought this whole nostalgia back for me. So uh, my birthday earlier this year, my wife took me to an arcade. Hadn't gone to an arcade in years. And it was a really small arcade. There wasn't really a ton of games. So I didn't really know like what to expect to be there. But like as soon as I walked through the door, the first game on my left, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. It was like a more modern version. Oh. Uh, it had like some 3D graphics to it. But it was so cool. I was like, I'm definitely playing this because... <laughs> I like playing these games, like, especially because it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was cool, man. Like, a lot of the controls that I was fiddling with on the console kind of translated over to the arcade version. So I was just, like, throwing enemies at the screen, doing anti-air kicks. Oh, it was so cool. It just, like, kind of just made everything whole for me to be able to see that here, you know, 20-something years later. But just, you know, they revisioned it differently. It was just pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Two memories I have specifically are the the first one about uh, Turtles in Time, the the arcade game. I I was just I I loved the cartoon as as a kid. And I remember the first time I saw the arcade game, I was thinking like, oh, my God, they put the cartoon in an arcade game. This is amazing. You know, my my seven year old brain was just transfixed by it. But uh, I can tell you exactly where the arcade cabinet was in our local Chuck E. Cheese. And the the way the the restaurant was laid out was if you walk in, you the, the front door is at the center of 
the the like the building so it's not like in a corner or anything but you walk in and to your left is the ball pit and the play structure to your right is the arcade area where all the arcade games are and then if you walk straight past this load bearing column there's the 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 dining area the pizza place with the the animatronics and stuff uh but in front of that column they had to put the turtles in time arcade game because there was always a crowd there and they didn't have enough space for that in the actual arcade area. So just dead center. As soon as you walk in, you see the turtles in time arcade game and everybody that walked in at least got to see what was happening on screen. And almost every time there was at least a couple of people playing it. And there was one specific time where we walked in and there was a crowd around the arcade cabinet because these guys had gotten past just the basic levels that you see in the attract mode when no one's playing it. And like, you'll, you'll see like in, in that, that demo mode, you'll see like the first four or five levels and it'll just cycle through the, the demo of like someone playing through it and it's recorded, but someone like playing with their friends actually got past those and got to the future level where they're on hoverboards over uh, a neon city. And everyone was like, Oh my God, they, they made it. And then like the, these guys ran out of quarters at the fight against Krang and like people were like offering up quarters and we're like, here, let's keep going. Let's keep going. They cycled people in and you know, then suddenly our pizza was ready and I had to go sit down. But I got to see even further than typically I I would, I would see. And I was mesmerized by it. And so then I think a couple of months later, the, the super Nintendo game came out and I thought like, Oh my God, they put the turtles arcade game like on super Nintendo dad, let's get it. So my dad and I rented it and we played, this is the second memory I have of it. We played through the entire game in one night together. And I remember sitting in the room playing with him and we didn't have any lights on, but the sun was going down. And so it progressively got darker and darker in the room. And when we started the final level where you're on the the space station that's on Mars, uh, I remember just pausing the game for a minute to get up and turn the light on. But for those few seconds, we had this glow from the CRT of red and blue uh, from the screen. And it just filled the room with, with just like this orange glow. And uh, that that's one of the best memories I have of playing the game and of uh, like playing a video game with my dad too. So this, this game definitely takes me back to those, those times of, of playing turtles games in the arcade and at home. But this one, particularly was special because it, it drummed up that that memory of playing with my dad I like to ask people on the show, how would you rate this game? Would you say it's, you know, not worth your time? 
get it uh, on sale or, or try it if you have a subscription? Or is it uh, on the level of shut up and take my money? It's that good. Daryl, uh, wh- what do you think? Ooh, this was kind of a hard one for me because I um, typically don't spend money on games that often but <laughs> i think for this game in this particular case i would say just shut up and take my money <laughs> um i really enjoy this game it was a ton of fun it is absolutely worth your time and money especially if you have just that nostalgia for you know these tmnt games 30 bucks i, I believe it's the price point for this game it really isn't that much the game offers so much replay value and you're just going to have a blast playing, you know, playing through it. And I have the uh, PlayStation Plus extra tier. So I picked this up, you know, right away as soon as I, I heard that this was like going to be on the service. And I had so much fun with this. I can't highly recommend this game enough, but it was a great time with this game. And I'm sure others will probably feel the same, too. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Slugger? I would agree. I would say if you have PlayStation Extra, uh, just play it on there. But I would agree to shut up and take my money. I do do (laughs) want to throw in there. It is a short game. It can be. It's like almost a speedrunner's dream because it can be beaten in probably an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how good you are. Uh, Your first playthrough may be a bit longer as you're kind of figuring things out. But I know it where i'm at now i think i'm on playthrough number four like i said earlier just leveling characters up i'm able to like fly through it now pretty fast but the replay value is really good i even after going through it that many times like i'm still having fun i'm trying out new characters if you get bored with that you can jump into the online mode which the co-op's a lot of fun highly highly recommend like don't get shy and think you're not going to have fun playing with other people because it's a blast jumping in there with five other players and uh, just seeing the ensuing chaos. And then I do want to plug. I would say another reason it's worth the money and the buy it now is they are still adding content or their plans to add content. Uh, They've released a trailer for DLC coming up um, called Dimension Shellshock, which is going to add a new character Actually, it says it's adding new playable characters. Uh, they've only revealed one character. I don't know how to say her name. Uh, Usagi. Usagi Yujibu. Yeah. yeah. Who looks like a dope uh, rabbit samurai. I'm not caught up on her lore or what she does, but she looks awesome. And it looks like they're going to be adding new like wave-based game modes and other ways to play this game. So that's a really long-winded way for me to say I would label this as shut up and take my money (laughs) absolutely and like do you think you're going to be like i don't know what the price point is for the like that extra character but like are are, do you think you're going to be downloading that you know if it's like 10 bucks yeah i mean even if they yes yeah i will definitely be picking up the (laughs) dlc not only because i feel like i have to 100 percent games but i've liked this game so much that I see like, ooh, new characters and new stages and maybe a new bit of story because it looks like there's going to be some time travel stuff going on. Uh, Sounds like fun. Okay. So I'll be checking out the DLC whenever that launches. Yeah. Yeah. I I forgot to bring that up, but yeah. Um, And and Jordan, uh, you know, loving Turtles games so much. How would you rate this game? Okay. 
So if we took out like the Turtles nostalgia and everything, and you are not a Turtles fan, but you're kind of curious, if you have it on the PlayStation Plus, that's probably your best bet. But if you love Turtles, I would specifically say older Turtles. Get this game. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, And speaking of characters and everything, we forgot to mention one. Uh, If you beat the game, you get Casey Jones, and he is the best character in the game, and that's not because of character design. They gave him the best stats. (laughs) Yes, he does have an extra star. Yes, he does. Like uh, his stats are just like Leonardo's, but uh, he's he's got one extra star somewhere. But yeah, it he I I also I loved I we didn't mention this, but I loved his uppercut too because he pulls out a hockey stick and like uses that as his uppercut. Um, yeah, and then like other other sports equipment, just like his character should. Yeah, I always loved Casey Jones, and I was so thrilled that we finally got to play with him. Yeah, along yeah. with Splinter, those were like the two. I'm like, oh, we finally get our hands on these guys. <laughs> yes, and <sighs> oh, so like one thing we didn't touch on was the end screen. Like when when you you beat the game, they all just oh, yeah. go to go have a pizza party. Casey Jones is there at this pizza party, still wearing his mask, and he's mask. got <laughs> he's got a bite of pizza going through the hockey mask, like teeth that are in there. <laughs> and so like the cheese is just like oozing between the the gaps in, in the the hockey mask it's it's so funny looking and uh going back to like this is uh classic turtles if you were like what listening to this and you grew up with like one of the later versions of the turtles and you played the game and everything and you're like huh a lot of these enemies look really cool as much as i love the classic cartoon you're better off to actually just be Google curious and look for their action figures instead. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, like I love the, the 87 cartoon, but man, it has not aged. Well, like they only <laughs> use their weapons in the first five episodes. And then like censorship came down hard on them. Oh yeah. It, it's all goofy fun and everything, but they're like, they destroyed the Foot Clan by like cutting down a light pole and having the light pole fall on them, and I'm like <laughs> that's it's it's goofy and everything, but the um, old uh, toys and everything they were a billion dollar market back in when we growing up as a kid. Oh yeah, and that's I had why. A... Yeah, I, I was gonna say yeah. that's why we have so many interesting bosses and everything because they were trying to sell us toys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and like my cousins had the the pizza mobile that uh, shot pizzas. Pizza, uh, I yeah. it's like uh, I I remember having the like the I had all four turtles action figures, but they were they were like the base turtle action figures. They they didn't do anything special. And then one day I saw a commercial for the the action figures that where you could like open up their shell like a cupboard and store weapons in there. And I thought the ones that I had did that. And so I went and I grabbed them and I tried to open them up and nothing happened. And I was like, this is weird. Why aren't mine working? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Buy the new toys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
beat you, now I'm here to beat you with full force. Mess up your facial features. I still have beast, I'm selling all your little seasons. All y'all stuff your face with is pizza, pizza crack like a hardball egg on Easter, Easter. See these muscles on me? I could beat your teacher. I'll defeat Leonardo, y'all become the weakest. I take off all of your mass and dismantle your features. Shredder, I cross the line like a letter. Smash all of you turtles, put you back together. Indeed, I squish turtles like a tight girdle. Any obstacle, I clear it like a high hurdle. My stomach cringes for all of you fake ninjas. Fighting you a winless, show you what revenge is. Diabolical moves, strike with mad vengeance. Ask Splinter, he know coming with bad intentions. We came to lose. I'd like to bring up the next segment of the show, the actual books and more recommendations for this book club style podcast. First of all, did any of you see the new turtles movie and what did you think? Sadly, I have not. It's been on my to do list. I try to go see it Wednesday and things got out of hand, but I will see it before it's out of theaters. Yeah. Daryl, have you seen it yet? I have seen it. That's kind of the reason why um, I really enjoyed the game so much because it was kind of like a lore introduction to the movie. So I really didn't know anything about this movie. I just knew that there was a new Turtles movie coming out. Didn't read the fine print of Mutant Mayhem. So I really didn't know what the movie was about. I had no idea what it was. I just thought it was going to be a classic battle of Turtles against Shredder. Yeah. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really like the aesthetics, the visuals. It reminds me kind of like the the, the Miles Morales movies. It kind of reminded me of that. And I actually enjoyed the movie. It was great. Like, like I said, I didn't really know much about the movie, so my expectations were really low. But it was so good. I had a really good time with it. My wife really enjoyed it as well, which I was surprised because she doesn't really like animated movies that much but we had a good time i like that the turtles all were different from each other they had their own personalities you could tell each one apart yeah uh it was really cool i think Roth was probably my my best like my most favorite character just because he was like <laughs> the big bruiser guy so you know he was always looking for a fight he even had like a missing tooth yeah so that was pretty cool um but yeah i really liked it and a lot of the mutants that were a lot of the villains came from like I I was introduced to them from the Shredder's Revenge game. So a few of those characters were on the big screen. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that boss. I remember yeah. that boss. I remember that boss. It was really cool. I, I enjoyed that part a lot. Yeah. And and like you could, you know, show up and, and like the the villains that, that show up in the movie, they're not, you know, necessarily villains, all of them, but like, you know, they, they show up and it's like, oh, I didn't like Wingnut. I now know who Wingnut is because of this because of the game. And so it it was really funny how like like the game shows you what characters to watch out for in the movie, even though they're there for just like a few seconds. And like, you know, now it's it's kind of like, well, I have I have more context for some of these characters and, and like understanding what they could do if they wanted to fight the turtles. Slugger, have you seen the movie yet? I have not. I'll be honest. Uh I do want to say though, because I think we're gonna get into some of it. When it came to like movies and the comic books and everything else, I really wasn't like the biggest Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah. I lo- loved the video games 
and I like obviously knew who they were because the action figures and I would see it on TV, but it was like never my first pick ever. Like I was always a Power Rangers kid first and foremost. Um, so like when it came to the TV shows and the movies, I was never like too interested. But I'll be honest, after playing Shredder's Revenge, like I want to see this movie uh, just yesterday. I tried to put on like one of the more modern like Nickelodeon series uh, trying to get my daughter like hooked on it. Um, Because every now and then I can get her hooked on something cool that's semi-interesting for me. Like, we've been doing the Netflix Sonic series together. And I'm like, cool, (laughs) if I can get her into Sonic, I can get her into Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Because I want to, I'm like, really interested now to kind of like dive into, like, the series and the franchise as a whole. Like, I'm really enjoying it. And it seems like there's a big, big, like, resurgence, like. Ninja Turtles are in everything. I know they're in like Street Fighter Six now. You can get them as characters, and they were in Justice. And like, they're just trying to make. I don't know. They're trying to bring them back, and I love it. So yeah, yeah. I do want to see the movie. The movie, the movie is fantastic. It it feels like um, they've definitely done a good job of like selecting a different age for these turtles. Like uh, in in the old movies from the nineties, like the early nineties the the turtles felt like they were around the age of like 18 or 19 but in this one it feels like they're like 13 or 14 and they behave perfectly as if they were in that age range and it made me laugh so hard so many times with the stuff they were doing and saying as like very young teenagers uh so i, I highly recommend seeing it. it it is great and then the animation style is very much like the the Spider-Verse movies, but this one, compared to those, like th- those did look like they were comic book pages come to life. This one looks like they are like a 10-year-old's a drawing come to life at a lot of points. And it looks fantastic. So uh like highly recommend seeing this movie. Other great Turtles movies that like like I, I just wanna wanna mention like it doesn't quite feel the same as or or as good as that first one from 1990, but still like, uh, like I, I loved it. And, um, you know, I do want to ask you guys, you know, what are some of your favorite turtles movies? If you, if you have any, at least. I love the first two live action ones. Um, they're so much fun, by the way. Uh, we forgot to mention, uh, tip trust in the game. She summons Tech and Razor from the second movie, and uh, yes, yeah. Oh, and the final boss is very disappointing because it's super <laughs> shredder. It is super shredder, and but he's he's not not that difficult not and not super. that super. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, you literally have to wait till he's vulnerable and hit him. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm so, I'm so happy they made those three callbacks still in the game, and like, mm. yeah. Yeah. specifically to to secret of the ooze the second live action game yeah um yeah yeah that one uh in particular like i we had we had the first one on vhs uh in my house and my dad took me to see it um uh, when it came out in theaters and so i remember going to see it and uh we we got into the theater and and i remember sitting down and just thinking to myself like like oh my god this is like a live event with the turtles 
because I had seen him on like in the cartoon and I had been to a couple of like live kids concerts and stuff, but not many movies. Like I had not, this is one of the first movies I saw in theaters and I, my, like I, I was just in awe of like, Oh my, they're, they're real. They're on screen. They're real. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, th- that's, that's what a five-year-old is going to think when he, when he sees the the turtles in their, their puppets, not in a cartoon slugger. Do you have any favorite turtles movies from when you were a kid? Uh, I do remember the live action ones, but I haven't seen them since I was a kid. I remember loving them. Yeah. The first and the second, I don't know if I ever saw the third but I remember thinking it was to. so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I remember thinking it was so freaking cool. Same reason, like, yeah. Oh man, these. I was just playing these guys on a video video game and in the arcade cabinet, and now they're on the screen. Like they're like real life. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just yeah. That I, I don't know. I would have to rewatch them again to see if like are these like nostalgia glasses I have on? Were they actually good movies? Or are they like? really bad when you're just kids i do think the the first one holds up really well like i I watched it like like last year and it's still really good it's got some good writing in it and um you know it's it's a fun good time for you know an early 90s movies but it still holds up really well i i haven't seen the second one in a long time because we didn't have that one (laughs) on on vhs and so i only watched it a couple of times um at my cousin's house that was the one they had, and I was really jealous all the time. But uh, yeah, the the first one is is one of my favorites. Daryl, what about first you? First one's the best one. Oh yeah, it, it, it of course it is. <laughs> Daryl, um, I gotta say, part two is probably like my favorite as well. That's yeah. the only one out of the movies I can remember. Um, I mean, it was such a good one. I I did like seeing the. Um, the mutants in that movie show up in Shredder's Revenge. That was a really cool, like nostalgia um, hit for me. I was just like, I remember them from part two. I didn't know their names, but I just remember <laughs> yeah. the design being the the mutants from part two, and that was really cool. And I mean, it had Vanilla Ice, man. I like when <laughs> yeah. the, the ninjas were jamming out when he was performing, so that was pretty dope. Yeah. There are a couple of specific lines that I remember that or, or like moments from that that second movie where like Raphael's tied up. I think it was Raphael, but he's tied up and he's got like a piece of tape over his mouth. And I think it, somebody else comes in and like tears the tape off of him to rescue him. And he's like, oh, thanks. Why don't you just rip my lips off, too? And then is it Leonardo who rescues him? He just puts the tape back on his mouth. Take back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little yeah. too <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so uh you mentioned a couple others jordan what are some other really good beat-em-up games out there oh man uh probably river city girls is so much fun uh it's another pixel style uh legacy game uh from the legacy of this uh what's it called i remember the japanese game kuni no kun but uh River City Ransom, that's what it's off of. Um, and it's about these two girls who think their boyfriends have been kidnapped, and it is hilarious. <laughs> uh, you don't even need to know the lore to get into this game, and it is stylish as hell. The music is awesome. The gameplay is solid. And the only other one I could think of you must play 
is uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Pilgrim's an awesome game. Okay, yeah. Slugger, any any favorite beat 'em ups that you can think of? Uh, my two other arcade, like old school uh, arcade ones that I played growing up that I liked. If it wasn't Turtles, was uh, X Men had a beat 'em up like oh, yeah. side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty similar. That was really good. And then there was a Simpsons one too, and I loved <laughs> loved loved the Simpsons yeah. one. <laughs> Um, Simpsons one's pretty famous. Yeah, and that's that one's just fun because it's like it's really silly. Like if you play as Marge, you're beating up characters with a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> and it was always a fight for like who could be Bart because Bart yeah. was like easily the coolest. He had the skateboard and just beat people up with the skateboard. Yeah, if we're gonna go more modern, you actually took my two with River City Girls and Scott Pilgrim. Those are good mentions. I, I guess it's pretty well known, but Castle Crashers I would say is a pretty well done like. Hack and hack and slash like beat 'em up side scrolling game. Uh, I believe it's on PlayStation. It was on Xbox only for the longest time. Yeah, and you can get it on PC and PlayStation now. So yeah. that's a good another good one. Yeah, and uh, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah, Daryl, uh, can you think of any others? Uh, oh, Slugger took my yeah. answers. <laughs> I think the Simpsons and X Men were yeah. were great. Be the most for me, and only because they're the only two other ones I I played growing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. There's there's one other that uh, Jordan you mentioned a long time ago. It was uh, Streets of Rage, and I think there's, yeah. a, there's a fourth one. There's a fourth one that's out on PlayStation now, and uh, I ha- haven't had the chance to try it, but I kind of want to now that I finished this one. It will probably be coming to PlayStation Plus, I would imagine, because it, it feels like one of those games that's about due to be dropped in. Yeah. There is one obscure beat em up that if you guys ever get your hands on, you have to play this game. Okay. The Alien versus Predator game by Capcom oh. is unbelievable. <laughs> yes. It so, is so fun. I bought that when I was at a, a used game store thinking that it was like a different kind of game because I had seen uh, a couple of videos of it and didn't realize it was a beat em up. And like you play as the Predator beating up yeah. aliens. <laughs> on, on it's some so much planet. fun yeah yeah uh i i was like wow i can't believe that they made this this is amazing it, yeah. it's a rare gym for sure and then i think it's only they might have ported it but the best one is the arcade version if you ever come across that arcade do yourself a favor and play it okay yeah is there anything else that you're uh reading watching or playing recently that you'd like to recommend just beat fun fancy 16 Nice. That was great. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, what about you, Slugger? Yeah, I'm also going to throw the plug in for Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. I haven't beat it, but absolutely loving it. It is an amazing game. Really like just overall enjoyable experience. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and Daryl, how about you? Um, I, I'm re- I'm watching and playing a few things at the moment. So I'm watching anime. I'm watching this show on Amazon called The Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which is pretty cool. If you like Attack on Titan, it's pretty much almost the same. Okay, um, cool. Definitely check it out. I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes. I'm enjoying this so far. It's pretty cool. I watched this Netflix movie on... Uh, Friday, I believe, with my wife. We we just love watching zombie movies, but the movie <laughs> we watched was a Japanese movie. It's called Zom 100. Okay, List of the Dead, I guess, is a live-action version of the manga. 
So really cool movie. I enjoyed it. It's pretty long, but it was it's worth the watch. And currently, I am playing a Untitled Goose Game, Ooh. and yeah. I'm playing The Division. So I'm balancing my time between those two games. I've been kind of thinking about trying out the Goose Game. Yeah, just because it got so much praise uh, earlier, I think last year or the year before. But yeah, should give that one a shot. The only other recommendation I have is for next month's game, which will be The Evil Within. And typically, I like it when we talk about games that are lesser known. But since this one is almost nine years old, and it's one that I never got a chance to try, I thought, why not jump into it? Especially since fall and Halloween is on its way. You know, I also love horror video games, and I've been looking for a good scare lately. Uh, especially because I just finished the Resident Evil 4 remake and really didn't get scared once. So, you know, I'm looking for for something to to creep me out. And I'm hoping the Evil Within will do it. Uh, have any of you guys played the Evil Within? Yes, I've played on the 360. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I played it up to the last level. And for some, I must have rage quit or something. Because I remember loving it. But when I look at my trophies, I never got a trophy for beating the game. Oh, weird. <laughs> so... I just don't think I beat it. I I think I got stuck right there at the end and stopped. Uh, I've been telling myself for ages I'm going to revisit it, but I haven't yet. So maybe I'll do it with your show coming up. Cool. Check it cool. out so I can be prepped to listen. <laughs> awesome. All right. Daryl, where can people find you if they, they want to follow you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. Um, we run the Twitter page together, the Trophy Talk Podcast Crew. So you can find us on Trophy Talk Pod. There you can find links to our Discord and SoundCloud page. You can check out all the content, all the episodes that we have on those links. I didn't mention this earlier, but we also have a Patreon page as well. You can check it out at Trophy Talk Podcast if you're interested. We appreciate the support. You can find me on Discord, PlayStation, and on PlayStation Profiles. If you're a trophy hunter like me and Slugger, uh, my name is the Tall Simone Guy. Kevin, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, yeah. I love having you here. Same with you, Slugger. Where can people find you? I won't plug the Trophy Talk podcast again, but uh, <laughs> I'm very active on the PlayStation Network, Discord, Twitter, all those places at SluggerJD. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's actually a Slugger underscore JD, but everywhere else, SluggerJD. Look me up. Shoot me an invite if you want to play some games. I'm very active with all these online communities. So I love to get involved and meet people. So again, like Daryl said, thanks for having us on. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are here. And, and finally, Jordan, where can people find you? Nowhere at the moment. Hopefully by the time this comes out, my first episode of finished game review will be out. I'm hoping that's what I can call it. I need to do one last major sweep of Google and be like, has anyone taken this name yet? <laughs> already took my. They already took my first name. I was going to call it the final game review. Oh yeah, or, yeah, and that's already taken. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to be part of the show, just like Slugger, Daryl, and Jordan here, feel free to write in to psplotsgameclub at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of the evil within or if you have any suggestions for future games for us to cover. If you like this show, please subscribe to it on your local podcast service of choice and share it with any friends you think they would be interested. Again, thank you guys for being here. I'm so glad to talk some turtles with you. 
And for you out there listening, please remember to have a great day and have fun playing around. Hey, thanks for listening all the way through this episode. And because you've come all this way, you get a sort of post-credits segment. During the recommendations for Turtles movies, I forgot to bring up the recently released animated movie, Batman vs. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a great animated full-length movie that perfectly balances the characters of Batman and the Turtles, as well as both their style. At some of the perfect times, it's dark, gritty, and tense, while at other times, it is funny and paced perfectly with jokes from Mikey and Raph. Go track it down and give Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a watch. And thanks again for listening to the show.